Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. Last week, we began our conversation with Dr. Jane Orient, a practicing internist and a member of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, the AAPS. We're continuing our conversation with her today. In many ways, I think medicine is not different from any other productive career that people might have in any other kind of service or even manufacturing industry. So, you know, if we were looking at um, people making cars, we probably wouldn't say, well, what we want is a system, a, a private practice system where one person's going to make um, air filters, and another person's going to make carburetors, and somebody else is going to make uh, gas tanks, and, and, and the um, patient, the consumer, is going to buy all these different parts and put them together and, and have a, a fun, fully functional working car that they're going to take on a highway at 65 miles an hour. Um, and, and so companies are developed that are integrated, that, that coordinate the production and, and create, you know, some final product. And, and, and there's a free market purchase for that final product that's the whole coordinated package. And, and so I, I see that the the possibility that some people would argue that moving towards integrated medical systems where doctors work as part of teams of multiple specialties, all coordinated by administrators the way a car company produces cars, might have certain advantages. Now, you've described how within the medical system, if you just salary the doctors, that's that's going to lower their incentive to be the, the best quality doctor they can be, to work as hard as they can work. But surely the auto companies and, and the manufacturers of iPads and things have, have, have already faced the same issues with their workers and have figured out how you motivate people within a, an organization to, to, to do their best. Um, might it be possible that, that you could have a VA system and within that VA system still figure out how to, to best motivate doctors and but to have the added benefit of coordinated care? Well, first, first of all, I don't know how and to build a human being, and neither does anybody else, no matter how many people you get together. We're not going to be able to build a human being. And taking care of people is not the same thing as building a car. Now, we do have a lot of systems, and they figure out how to work. You know, the Mayo Clinic works one way. The Cleveland Clinic works another way. And for different types of practice, um, you, you don't need such an elaborate system. I mean, you think that I, as a private physician, don't coordinate with people? Well, of course I do. 
I work with the surgeons, I work with the dermatologists. All of us figure out how to work together. But having these administrators imposing a top-down sort of structure on the whole country, when a lot of them haven't seen a patient for 30 years or maybe never, is, is really not likely to lead to a happy result. I think people need to be responsible for building their own systems and figure out what works best for them, and I don't think Washington is capable of uh, making anything better. Well, I think there's a lot of people who would agree with you on that point. All right. Um, uh, the, um, th there's a lot of concern about quality of, of care within our current system, aside from the, the, the lack of access issues, the high cost of the current system. Um, how about those quality of care issues, the 100,000 people dying a year from medical errors in hospitals? Um, do you see that that's solvable with the kinds of changes, protecti protecting the, the physician-patient relationship as the AAPS is hoping to do? Well, first of all, the Institute of Medicine study is, is an extremely flawed study. It is one of the worst studies ever published, and I wouldn't put any credence in it. We don't know... Um, even necessarily what an error is. We don't know that the errors could cause the patient's death. Um, there certainly is a lot of room for quality improvement, but when, the, when nobody knows what quality is and when the metrics, the thousands of different metrics that people have come up with, and then doctors will busily, if, if they're imposing them like in Britain, they'll busily work, work to, met, to meet the metrics. It's kind of like teaching for the test in the educational setting. But there's no evidence, really, that that has successfully improved the overall quality of care. If you want quality of care, you need really good, dedicated people who are conscientious, who are responsible to the individual patients, not somebody sitting in a committee room um, overseeing what's written in the chart. You need somebody who, who really is on the ground and who really cares about the individual patient, and the ultimate accountability is to that patient. People use the airline analogy that um, airlines are extraordinarily safe, and, it, and it's not so much that pilots are dedicated to individual customers and treat their customers, you know, differently depending on their particular needs, but it's because they have checklists and they have guidelines and, and, and rules that they are absolutely required to follow. Um, kind of like the current efforts to get physicians to wash their hands on a regular basis before they walk into a room. Uh, do you think those are, are misguided ideas? Well, I've read Atul Gawande's book on the Checklist Manifesto, and it really is a very good book, and there are many settings in which checklists are very, very helpful. Um, interestingly, if you look at his pilot's checklist, they're very simple, basic things, and one of the biggest things on it is fly the airplane. I mean, I couldn't land an airplane anywhere, much less on an aircraft carrier, no matter how many checklists you gave me. Mm -hmm. They're not meant to tell an expert what to do. But yet all these, these uh, beservicers, those people who know better than the rest of us um, in, in medicine, are trying to tell experts what to do, and that doesn't work. Now, you, there have been some ac excellent demonstrations, like you have a checklist for putting in a central line. And you have to, you know, meet all of these things, wash your hands, drape the patient, and so on and on and on. And that, that does work. Um, but to have somebody figure out that we can tell you what to do 
when a patient comes into the room in each and every circumstance is totally misguided. That's an understatement. All right. Well, Dr. Orient, thank you for time today. Um, let me give you, uh, you know, the last few minutes here to um, to tell our listeners anything you think they should know about what what needs to be done to improve their health care or our health care system. I think that the key is to to preserve the patient-physician relationship, that the, pa- the physician needs to be responsible to the patient, which means that the patient should be the one paying the bill for and have insurance assistance for the catastrophic bills, but really the doctor needs to know who he's working for, and that person needs to be the patient. Otherwise, the patients lose control to big third party whose interests are not the same as the patient's interests. The big third parties are interested in skimming off the money that comes in and being very stingy about doling it out. And then they have people who may think they know better than anybody else who are trying to impose their very rigid views that may be completely inapplicable to a person situation. Uh, Wise advice. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Well, there's one thing I won't argue with, and that's the power of economic incentives to drive people's behavior. And when I say economic incentives, I mean that in a broad way. Uh, The things that we like, not just money, but certainly for physicians, seeing their patients do well is uh, is an incentive to to do good work. Dr. Orient notes that uh, salaried physicians may not go as all out as those doctors who have a financial incentive to give patients the best possible care. And I suspect she's right. I think physicians are going to do a great job in a, in a variety of settings and variety of systems, but they may well work the hardest if their uh, income is dependent on how hard they work. As we look at our healthcare system, we need to consider how the various economic incentives affect the behavior of physicians, of patients, uh, of third parties in this healthcare uh, system that we have. I think Dr. Orient would make the strong point that those third parties, their financial incentives are not necessarily in line with what's best for patients. And I think certainly the best possible healthcare system would put the incentive structures uh, into alignment so that patients, doctors, and everybody else involved are as deeply committed as possible to making sure medical care is done in the most effective, safe, um, highest quality way. I think people are trying to do that uh, at different levels. Dr. Orient, the AAPS, focus on the private practice physician in that physician-patient relationship. And there's no doubt that that's a key element of this. But I think we have to consider the possibilities that integrated systems may have certain advantages. And if within those systems we can incentivize people appropriately, that may well be the best possible uh, system in this imperfect world of ours. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. Our show today has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music, as always, is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next week, I wish you the very best of health.
Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.